table back. I need, uh, I need more real estate. Good to be here this morning for worship. Uh, figured out on Monday slash Tuesday I'd be preaching this morning. It's been a while, probably about six months or so. And uh, it's been a while. It brings back fond memories. We've been preaching quite a bit. I don't know if I remember those days. You know, it's back again. Awesome. But uh, you know, uh, today I want to share a little bit kind of what we talked about at camp. Uh, I had one of my students that was going to share. He's not with us this weekend, but he was looking forward to sharing. Uh, but I do want to share a little bit. We were at camp a couple weeks ago and kind of talking about light and darkness and what that is, what that means for our lives. And so I want to share a little bit with you today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Uh, you can be turning there. But I do want to ask you, now there was a study done in 1941 at Columbia University. I uh, came across this research. They looked it up. So 1941, Columbia University came up with this uh, study and to determine what the maximum distance of a human being can see the flame of a candle. The maximum, in perfect conditions, in perfect conditions, in perfect conditions, uh, somebody who has really good, uh, great eyesight, what's the maximum distance that they can see the flame of a candle? So, a little bit of a quiz. Now, a couple of them already know this because we, we talked about this, but is it A, 30 feet? B, 30 yards, or C, 30 miles. So in a perfect environment, somebody with great eyesight um, can see a single flame of a candle, 30 feet, 30 yards, or 30 miles. How many of you think 30 feet? Raise your hand. How many of y'all think 30 yards? Raise your hand. How many of y'all think 30 miles? Wow. So the study, it's 30 miles, but they concluded in 1941 in perfect conditions, the single uh, flicker of a candle. There's been a lot of dispute about that, but they say, well, the average person can only see uh, the flame of a candle 1.6 miles, maybe 2 miles, maybe possibly 5 miles of curvature of the earth at 30 miles and, and all those things. But uh, so 30 miles, when you think about that, 30 miles is a very, very far distance to be able to see uh, the flame of a candle. And so as we look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus just finished talking about being of the earth. And then he goes into verse 14. You can spend like an hour just talking about verse 13 uh, and what that means. But we'll, we'll pick this up in verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand, and it, but it goes on the lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And my wife was asking me, well, is there any songs that could go with you know, your message? And I was like, this little light of mine, let it shine. It is VBS week, right? We, we sang that when we were kids at VBS. So, um, yeah, this little light was a little, little strange. And so Jesus finishes talking about salt. Now he's talking about light. And the real interesting thing is, if you go to John chapter 1, you start in verse 1, it talks about Jesus being the Word. And then around verse 5, it goes and talks about Jesus being uh, the light of men. And the light came, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And so the, the idea in John chapter 1, that Jesus is the light of the world. Uh, but yet, here in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says to his disciples, You are the light 
of the world. Have you ever, so this idea of light and darkness, have you ever just sat around and thought about the idea of light? Like, what is light? What is light? I mean, what, what creates light? How do we know, is light lighting this, you know, is it the particles that are being lit? Is the carpet being lit? Uh, what, what is light? If we don't, you know, if I had Clayton and Kirk turning all the lights off, it would, it would get dark a little bit, but we have a little bit of light coming in. Uh, but we probably also take light for granted. You ever, you ever think about, you hit the light switch, it comes on. Have you ever been in a, you know, the light, the power goes out in a storm? And you, what's the first thing you normally do? Right, you look for one of these, right? Like looking for, you're looking for a flashlight uh, so you can get around the house. And that's when you're wondering, like, when is the power going to come, the company going to come out and get your light back? That's when you start realizing that you really like light, especially in the dark. Um, and so light is really important to us. And Jesus uses this, this example here of a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I mean, think about if Jesus is standing there, and we're, the other thing you have to think about, this is first century uh, Jerusalem, Israel. This is not, you know, 2021, you know, City on a Hill. We, they don't have, they just don't walk into a room with a light switch. They don't, you know, they don't have street lights and stop lights. So at night, it's, it's dark. It's really dark. Unless the moon and stars are out, it's, it's dark. And so a city on a hill uh, in this time, it's pretty visible, right? Uh, I don't really know. I don't. I've been here now four years in Harrison, six years in the area. I don't know any street names. Uh, I know the street I live on. I know Seven South and Two Hundred Six and Sixty Five. That's how I get here. Um, but I drive by. Anybody drive by landmarks? Like hit McDonald's, you go three blocks, and you hit the O'Reilly's, you turn left, and then you hit the Pizza Hut, go another two blocks, and then you're there. You know, the dentist's office. And so I drive by landmarks, so I've been here so long, I really don't know the, the names uh, of streets, and so it's, it's easy to uh, get lost uh, around here. But a city on a hill, if, if you're, you know, hey, you're going to go to this city, you know, go two miles, hang a lift, and just keep walking, and it's like right there on the hill. Like, you, you cannot miss it. It is there. And so it's almost, it's almost absurd that Jesus would use this as an example that, you know, we are the light of the world, and like a city on a hill... That can't be hidden. So our, our light shouldn't be hidden. So the, those cities on the hill, uh, and at night it would be a little bit dark, but when you think about the idea that if if you can see, even if you could just see the flicker of a candle at, say, one and a half miles to, to two miles, three miles, in a dark environment in first century Israel, you would be able to see that light when you're wandering through the dark. Uh, then you might have two or three homes that have a light uh, that are going and you would be able to see, be able to see from a distance. And when you see it, you do, you know, you're what? You're in the right direction, going the right place to that city. And so Jesus uses that as an example. City on a hill can't be hidden. That's pretty obvious. That's a pretty large uh, example. And then he kind of scales it down uh, a little bit uh, to this next analogy that he uses. So uh, in verse 15, and it says, uh, Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. I don't think we quite understand, so I picked this up this week, uh, uh, lamp on a lampstand. So we're not talking about candles. They would, after research shows that maybe the Romans might have had candles, candles maybe two to 400 BC. But we're talking about a light lamp on a lampstand, we're talking about like olive oil, right, and a wick. 
What about like this is the light? This is the light that they have in their house. They don't have, you know, one of these. This, this is really, really bright, I'm shining in your eyes. They don't have one of these. This is what they have. They put vegetable oil, olive oil in it, and they put it under something because it will leak through the clay. And it goes on a lampstand. So on a lampstand. Let's put it on a lampstand. If it's on a lampstand and it's lit, it's going to what? Shine. It's going to give off light. I can put a basket over it, so a basket's going to be weaving, so there's going to be oxygen getting in, so the light will still be lit, but it'll have a basket over it, and it won't give off the light that it could in the house. Just like if I were to light this and put it on the floor, it's not going to light the room. Alright, so first century Israelites would understand that and understand the, the importance of light and light in their room and in their house in a lampstand. And I think for us, we have the luxury of these spotlights and these lights over here. Y'all agree with? I have this handy dandy rechargeable LED light so I can see better. Ice cream, right? And and we have all those things. We we tend to take our light for granted, but then also uh, not quite fully understand what talks about being the light of the world. Because if if I'm the light of the world and I'm the light and this symbolizes my light, well, it's kind of small, but it is useful and it is purposeful. And when on the lampstand. It, it'll light the whole entire room. But why would I put a basket over it? Right? If I put a basket over it, I'm not shining. And it's still lit, though. But it's, it's still lit. Uh, I, I would have that relationship with Jesus, but it is being hidden. It, its purpose and its usefulness is not uh, happening. And so, you know, for us, as Jesus is sharing this, it's important for us to realize what he's really trying to communicate to his disciples and what it means to communicate to us at this time. Right, you put in our basket, the lampstand gives light to the whole world. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father uh, in heaven. You know, we, it's, it's really, in, in our world today, we, we use the term darkness, right? It's, it's, it's a dark world, there's a lot of sin, and we equate sin with darkness and light with uh, Jesus' salvation with God, and so we, we have that light and the darkness, kind of that separation, right, just like a, if you watch a really good movie, right, there's the good guys, the bad guys, and in most movies, the good guys only, the good guys always win, right, you want to see the good guys win, and, and so we live in a world that has light and darkness, and depending on the generation you grew up in, right, every, as you get older, it seems like the world's getting darker and darker, would some of you say that as you get older, it's not as good as it was back in my day, right? Get off my yard, punk. Right? You, 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 as time goes by, you just have the fond memories of the past, and the world seems to get darker and darker. And, and so in our world, when we look at the, in light of this passage, the ultimate difference is where the lamp is placed. Right? He talks, the city is placed on a hill for its purpose of people seeing it. The lamp is placed on the lampstand, the purpose of lighting the room. And so, as Jesus shares to the disciples, it's important to understand that where are we placed as Christians? If you're in this room and you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're pursuing after Christ, you have a relationship with Him, where has He placed you to shine your light? Or do you have a basket over it? And what does it really mean to, to shine your light? We, you know, I really challenged the, the students when we were at camp, and this, is, this has really stuck with me for a while. What does that really mean to shine your light? 
do we all shine our lights in the same place? Probably not. I, pr probably not. Uh, you know, I, I'm at school coaching. I shine my light on the baseball field when we're running. Uh, when I'm at Walmart in line, you know, 50 people in line and everybody's disgruntled, right? I shine my light at Walmart. Although Walmart probably a place where your light probably gets a little dim. <laughs> it gets a, gets a little, uh, you know, a little basket over that gets a little dim because of frustration and anger and, and and all that. And so, where, you know, where are we? Where are we to place our light? Where, what are we doing with our light? Are we being intentional about our light? And. So challenging the students uh, to, to do that, to be intentional and purposeful about where their light uh, is going. Because we can be in a relationship with God, we can be in a relationship, relationship with Jesus, um, and yet still have our light power hidden. We don't want other people to see it. We're ashamed, we're afraid, we're scared, we're worried. Uh, you know, I, I asked some of the students to, to share some of the camp stuff, and they're like, I don't want to get in front of them and stand up here and talk to everybody. Uh, you know, that's stressful and if worried you might say the wrong thing and so public speaking is not for everybody and it is hard uh, especially especially for some uh, and that's okay but ultimately to, to know who we are our life and what we're supposed to do with it and the influence we have with other people and our life uh, picking this up in 16 it says let your life shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven you know, the, the things we do, I, I tell the students, the things you do matter, right? The things that you do matter. The things that you do in middle school matter. The things that you do in high school matter. Right? Those, those things could be and stay with you uh, for a while. I, I remember, uh, actually, my best friend from high school series visiting from Virginia. I don't know if I said that now, but uh, Matt, you know Matt Timonello. No, that means actually nothing to everybody else in this room. Uh, but I was actually going in view of a call at a church in, in Florida. And this was uh, 15 plus years out of high school. And somebody on the search committee was actually friends with Matt, uh, who we went to school with. And I didn't know this, but she's like, she went to call and said, hey, I uh, saw this, this kid went to high school with you. Tell me about it. And, you know, Matt's like, well, you know, yeah, he was, you know, in his Bible every day. And they were doing FCA and these things. He's a really good guy and all those things. And so, you know, 15 plus years later, and after it got voted in and all those things, and she's like, yeah, I called, you know, Matt, right? I called him and checked on him. Right, so the things that the things that we did in high school, 15 years later, show up due to friendships and relationships. And so the things that you do matter. Right? The things that you at middle school and high school, right? Quincy, the things that you do right now when you're uh, in, in middle school matter. Right? They, they matter. The, the what people uh, say and, and think, and, and so it matters. And so the way we live our life uh, matters. Which for a middle school kids, sometimes they're not they're not thinking. So. Um, but but it matters, and so when G and when Jesus says in that same way, so in the same way the city can't be hidden, in the same way that the light is supposed to be used for its purpose, we are to do uh, those good works. And uh, I had sort of put this together a while back. In uh, in our school, we had to do community service hours, and uh, and I, I've kept this. this. I got this in 1992. It's a plaque, uh, and it's a, a reminder for me of my selfishness. And so. Uh, you know, yes, I, I, I self, I self, I, yeah, my selfishness. So at our school, we had to do community service hours, and every year I did a thousand plus community service hours for school. And at the end of the, at the end of four years, there's this big old huge trophy and award that you get, uh, and I didn't get it. I got this plaque, and so 
uh, I, I was angry about it. I actually went to the uh, actually went to the principal and complained. It's embarrassing, really. Uh, I didn't get it. I had I had like 500 plus more hours than the kid that got the big trophy um, for doing community service, which is supposed to be you know, says men for others, uh, dedication to service, uh, the gift of the spirit, of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, yeah, I'm angry about getting this because I was supposed to do those things because I care about people and, you know, because God wants me to, to serve others and yet I'm, I'm worried about some, some trophy and a plaque. So where's the selflessness in that? Selfless, selflessness in that, right? So I, I wasn't going to throw it away because, you know, God really sat me down and like, what's wrong with you, son? And, and to work that out. So I kept it. I actually have a place in my office where all I can see is just the top little blue section and the part. And, and I, when I walk into my office, I see that every day. And it's a reminder uh, to me of how self, uh, selfish I can be, um, which my family can attest to. So I'll get the money and I get from my son. So, um, and, and, it, and it's just a reminder of what God has called me to do and the type of person I'm supposed to be and the type of light that I'm supposed to be in the world. And that doesn't mean that sometimes I am selfish because I am uh, selfish uh, at times and I want what I want. And we as people uh, do that as well and then forget that I'm supposed to be a city on a hill. I'm supposed to be a light that's not hidden and I'm supposed to uh, be the light uh, to other people uh, by being in a right relationship uh, with God. You know, it's, it's really interesting when the city on a hill at night will be dark. Uh, but it is, if somebody has a light on in their house and somebody else has a light in their house, and collectively, when there's a lot of lights, it becomes a very bright city on the hill. Uh, I'll never forget, there's a, in Eureka Springs, a conservation house. I don't know if you, any of you have heard that of that place, but it's a really big place. It's got a commercial kitchen in it and can sleep uh, almost, uh, I think, 30 to 40 people. And I was doing a retreat for another church there. And they've got this huge, huge big porch. I mean, it's this back porch. It's, 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 it's really, really big. And you can actually sit on the back, and you can actually see Branson. Like, uh, at night, the Ferris wheel and all that. You can, like, you almost like you can reach out and touch it. But it's probably about 20 miles away as the crow flies. And I just remember sitting there like, you know, Branson's so far away from here. But yet, I can see the Ferris wheel. I can see the lights from the hotels. I can see the lights from Silver Dollar City. Uh, and collectively, all those lights together make that so bright that it's easy, like you just feel like you can just in five minutes be there, which you can't because the roads are windy and it's hard to get there. But the collective uh, group of all those lights make it really easy to see, just like that city on the hill. And so when we have our lights shining and we're together shining our lights, when you're on a sports team, right, if you're playing basketball across country or anything, and there's three, four, five people who are shining their lights, it's a lot brighter when, than when you just have one light, right? We know that. Uh, it's it's brighter. Uh, it's more uh, it's it's clearer to see uh, with the light. And so you know, collectively together as as believers and Christians, you know, we come together this morning for worship. We some came this morning for Sunday school for Bible study uh, to to hopefully spend time in prayer, to challenge, uh, to equip each other, to spend time in God's Word uh, and fellowship. Uh, so our lights would be stronger. And churches should be a safe environment to be able to let our light shine and to help our lights to grow uh, brighter. And, you know, so, so the things that we do matter. Uh, you know, God's desire for us, like He has chosen us to be His primary way to share His story with others. 
Sean and I have been kind of, you know, he shared the three circles last week, and so him and I talked a little bit this week about what I would, I kind of wanted to stay just in the same area that he was, but not intrude on what he's preaching over the next three weeks. Uh, but for both of us, evangelism has kind of really hit home uh, for us, uh, not just as ministers, but as, as people, uh, and just how believers really aren't evangelizing anymore. If you look at the numbers, they say about 95 percent of believers have never shared the gospel with anybody, uh, let alone led anybody to the Lord. And why is that? What's causing that? And so, uh, you know, Sean's got a little group uh, that they're going through some principles and stuff with, and this month he is uh, sharing, you know, some evangelistic ways and stuff. Uh, but I started traveling down this road with the youth, myself and Kyle at Bear Creek, and uh, really equipping our students to share their faith. Uh, and part of sharing your faith is to one have a faith and have a faith that's real in order for you to be able to share it with other people and, and being that light. And because his, God's desire for us is to do that. Like we're, we are the primary way. We are the way to be able to share that light with others, to tell others. Um, one of the studies in student leadership we've done, I've mentioned this before, uh, there were five, as a believer, there's five areas that we should be as Christians doing. One of them is uh, daily Bible study or Bible study with others and ourselves, worship, prayer, serving others, and evangelism. If you look at the Bible, and, and, and Jesus and the Bible, and, and Paul uh, puts out as a believer what we're supposed to do, those are the five things that we, we are to do. And so uh, several months ago, I made it my goal to incorporate those five areas into our street uh, and the direction we're going and what we're teaching our students and uh, in, in a life as a believer. And, you know, evangelism is, is one of those. And so, you know, with our, it started with our student leaders. I have four student leaders. We're moving to six probably, uh, anywhere from now eighth grade to senior, and building those principles uh, in them. Uh, you know, the interesting thing, which I've already mentioned, the city on a hill in itself is not inconsistent, right? The city, the city itself does not give light. It's the people in the city, in their homes, that have light. Uh, it's just like... Uh, this lamp right here, Alexa, light lamp. Alexa, light lamp. Light yourself on fire. Let's, right? That's pretty silly, right? Like, it, it will, it will not light itself. Y'all are like this dude's lost his marbles, right? It will not. This thing will not light itself. What does it need to light itself? It needs. A spark, or it needs a fire. Uh, first century Jerusalem did not have lighters, right? I have a lighter because I don't want to use flint. I could be here for a while. Or I don't have a fire right here in the house, and apparently this doesn't work either. So. Right? It needs an outside source to be able to light this. And when Jesus calls us the light of the world, we are His light. He has that spark in us. He, the Holy Spirit, lives and dwells in us to. Give us that light. And we carry that light wherever we go. So the city cannot the city cannot light itself. The lamp cannot light itself. It's Jesus working. Uh, it's, it's Jesus working in us to do that. It needs that match. It needs that ember to start that light. Um, and it's almost like, you know, in our modern days, it's a flashlight. In order for this flashlight to work, well, let's take that step back. If the power goes out of your house and you grab a flashlight, you're hoping it what? It works. It turns on. If it doesn't turn on, 
you're probably very unhappy. Right? Because if you're in your house, and if you have a basement or you've been in a cave, but like we have a basement, there's like two windows, one's in the bedroom, the power goes out, and you grab a flashlight and it has no batteries, it's a flashlight of any use. No, actually you're probably like either looking for batteries or you're just throwing the flashlight. Because uh, it's of no, no use. It's the same thing if, the flat, if I have a flashlight and I'm walking, it's dark in my house because the power's out, and I hold it behind me and I'm walking forward. So, does it have any purpose? It has some purpose, but not where I'm going. Right? Why do you shine the flashlight in front of you? So you can see where you're going, so you can see the Legos on the floor, so that you can see the books on the floor, that you can see where the vacuum is sitting, or where the pillows are at, or where the clothes hamper is, where the stuff on the floor is. If you walk through your house in the dark, how many of you have hit something? Right? You, you know what that's like. So the light dispels the darkness so you can see where you're going. You know, I've, I've told the students that that light that shines uh, leads you and guides you to where you're going. It dispels the darkness. The other thing that it does that we talked about at camp, that light not only dispels the darkness, but it also reveals things in your life that's probably sin. We went to camp that week. It was it was a really hard week. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It was it was hard. Uh, it's like Satan was working overtime uh, with us, and and I I, I I fell victim on Wednesday afternoon to some of it, you know, and uh, you know it was it was rough. It, it was rough, uh, but God was moving still. Uh, things were happening in the students' lives. As that Thursday, as sin was being exposed in people's lives uh, and brokenness, as the light comes in and exposes the things around and the sin in our lives and the things that we need to dispel and, and give over to Jesus and lay down, uh, you know, that because that's what the light does. And that, you know, if we are to live in a right relationship, you know, to, to keep, the, to get the sin out of our lives, to, to focus on who Jesus is, to pursue after him, to know him. And uh, to share with him with others, then those things really need to be exposed and and removed. And it's, it's you know some students found out that when sin is exposed, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Sometimes sin gets rooted into our lives, and in cutting it out or taking it out, it hurts. To remove something that may have been in your life for one, two, three, five, ten years, whatever is sin in your life. It hurts. It hurts to have it removed. It hurts when it's exposed. When other people see it, uh, it hurts. And and dealing with it, because uh, sometimes we don't want to deal with stuff in our lives. And that hurts. And, you know, we live in a world we can't show weakness. We have to be strong for our family. We have to be strong for our friends. And, you know, we don't show weakness at school. We don't show weakness at work. Because if you do, you will get consumed by people uh, around you. Uh, it seems like the nicer you are, the more uh, the, the worse that you are treated as a person uh, in our world today uh, by your kindness and niceness and generosity. And that can be hard. Uh, and then ultimately that I see in schools, is just, at school people just want to fit in. Uh, and that's not much different than adults with work and, and all that. But being the light doesn't necessarily mean you're going to fit in. Right? Being the light doesn't mean you're necessarily going to fit in. And that makes it Hard, especially if Jesus is calling us to be lights and other people around us are not being the light. So I kind of want to want to kind of close with this. Um, I had the students do this. You got a piece of paper and a pen, or you can write on your arm. That's, that's pretty effective because it's always there. Uh, 
as a deep shower. Um, but what is one thing this week, one, just one, only one, one thing, just one thing that you can do this week to let your light shine? One thing. Uh, and, you know, I had students, well, I'm going to be, I'll be nice to, I'll be nice to people. Well, it's nice to be nice, but let's be, uh, let's get a little bit more specific than just being nice. Because when we generalize things, we don't tend to always get things done. So a specific person, something you can do for them, something you can share with them. What is one thing this week that you can do to let your light shine? I, I wear, you know, I wear these bracelets, and they, the collection seems to grow. I feel like I'm back in middle school somewhat. Um, but this WWJD, which is kind of back in the 80s when I was in high school, it was around, and it's kind of back, and it's based off a story in the steps from the late 1800s. It was written uh, a book, and it went from camp, and it went from Dean out. But I, I, I leave these bracelets on my wrist because it's a reminder to me, um, and, and I guess I'm a visual person, much like this plaque I have in a place I put in my office, and I have these on there, uh, is a reminder of what would Jesus do, what am I supposed to do, um, there's another one here called Serve Others, and uh, which ironically, people ask me about these. And it's an opportunity to share with them about Jesus and the gospel. Uh, but I actually had somebody say, what's up? Serve Others. Serve Others? Right, serve Others. So what is that? Which I never thought I'd have that question, but it's an opportunity to be able to, to share with somebody. And so these bracelets are a reminder to me of the attitude I'm supposed to have, the type of person I'm supposed to be. And the light I'm supposed to carry uh, to others around uh, around me, uh, because honestly, uh, there was a few weeks ago where I was really really mad at somebody, and I wrote a really bad email. I deleted, wrote a bad email, deleted. I figured a text message would be quicker, so text message deleted it. Text message, and then I looked at. I was looking at this. What would Jesus do? Like delete, delete, delete. and then I'm like, well, Jesus would pray for them. Jesus would love them. I don't want to love them, but I'm going to love them uh, because that's what I'm called to do. And I deleted all that. Spent some time in prayer. Still a little angry, but not, I, I got off the ledge a little bit uh, there. And so, but it's easy, right? It's so easy in our world to get caught up in all that stuff, and our, and our life is dimmed and covered. And that's not who Jesus wants to be as believers. That's not what he's calling us to do. And so, you know, as, as believers, we are uh, to do that. You know, it's the light in us uh, that draws uh, out the darkness of others. When, when people see our light, they want to know what's different about you, and people are drawn to that. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity I have in school to be able to coach, and I'm there almost every day. And uh, there's, there is a lot of hopelessness, there's a lot of defeat, there's a lot of uh, struggling going on there in, in students' lives. Uh, you know, I, I talked to somebody this week at the school, and you know, like, you're, you're one of the most important people that I have on this team, and they're like, Nobody's ever told me I was important in, in my life ever. Nobody ever said I was important. And which, you know, it is, it's, it's shocking, I think. You know, I wasn't expecting expecting that, but it's, it's probably true, and at least in, in that person's mind. And to know that maybe there's an opportunity, because we are all important. God desires to have a relationship with all of us. Right? He desires to have that relationship all of us, and we have to take the steps uh, to do that uh, on a daily basis. Uh, I've, I've, I'm going to close with just talking about our student leadership really quick. Um, one, one of the things that I've challenged our students, and I've had four this last year that took that challenge, is that we are in daily Bible study every day. We're all doing the same study 
I usually put a text message out on Monday. We're on week number, day number, and uh, sometimes a little words of encouragement. And we are in daily Bible study every day. We meet every other week. Uh, typically, summer's been a little bit challenging. But we meet, and then we talk about the daily studies that we're doing, the struggles at school, the struggles to live it out in their faith. Um, and then on top of that, uh, they've read a book now on how to prepare messages, how to prepare sermons. Uh, three of them have been doing Bible studies at various places at school or here or some of our large group events. And so it's been uh, beneficial for them to, to learn that. And this year we're, we're going to continue doing that. Plus, um, I'm anticipating taking the Student Leadership University, uh, which has, uh, it's, it's really a good opportunity to be able to learn some leadership principles from some Christian businessmen like CFO from Chick-fil-A and uh, different uh, businesses and stuff, and a real opportunity. Uh, but it also comes with, you know, the daily Bible studies we do, plus it has a reading list of like seven, seven books they have to read on top of that. And so for them, it has priority to do these things above all other things in their life. And that's hard to do, right? It's, it's really hard to do to make that uh, a priority your life to set aside time every day to do that, and not only that, to also read uh, these books about leadership and God's will and different things in their life. It is, it is a challenge to put that above uh, all things. One of the things is they're required to be here uh, every Wednesday night, uh, which, which they have done this last year. And so that's hard to do in the world we live in now. And But honestly, as believers, we should be setting aside time every day Right, to pursue our relationship uh, with God. That's, that's how our light stays strong. That's how the fuel in there keeps going. That's how we have that every day. We invest in our relationship uh, with God. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's like if you're married and you never talk to your wife or your husband every day and you're just in passing and, and whatever, uh, that's really not much uh, a relationship. Uh, there's not much of a relationship there when you do that. It's the same thing with God. You're not going to know what God has for you. You're not going to know uh, and have your light shine like it's supposed to if you're not with Him each day, knowing who He is, learning from Him, uh, spending time in prayer, spending time in personal worship, the Bible, right? And, and that light, when you read it, uh, it's been awesome to see our students who have been doing that, sharing their faith with other people uh, around them, uh, taking the steps to boldness to do that, to share the light, uh, because the, the Scripture has changed their minds and their hearts and who they are supposed to be. And so, uh, you know, the, the church for, for many, many years, not this church, but church together for years has really uh, neglected students and given them leadership opportunities because they will one day be where you're at. When I am dead and gone, they will replace me. And what, what are we building into uh, the students in the next generation for that? Uh, we know 87, 93, 95% of high school kids church and graduate high school. Uh, I, for 26 years of student ministry, I've seen that over and over and over and over and over again, uh, just walk away from their faith, walk away from uh, the church, uh, things that they help and do. Uh, and it breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart as much as I try to share and pull back and, and bring back uh, this, the struggle is there. So it's hard. And uh, But it's, it's Daily time in God's Word. So this morning, if you know if you haven't been where you need to be, today's opportunity to tell students today's the day to take that first step to do that. If you don't know who Jesus is at all, and you have some questions, I'd love to talk to you afterwards. Uh, we can do that as well. Uh, don't mind. Um, and maybe you're you're in the Bible, maybe maybe just not as much as you should be. And today is the day to, to start that.
for our students, uh, God, we do about five days a week. He's what we use. Occasionally, he's been sick, but for the most time, it's just five. And I usually start on Sunday. Some of them start on Monday. Some of them start on Tuesday. And uh, but uh, they keep me accountable. You want to be held accountable? You know, tell your middle school child. Tell your high school student. Tell your wife. She'll, she'll keep you going. Uh, your husband, eh, I don't know, probably. Uh, I have so much stuff in my head. But they, they push me. They challenge me. They remind me. They keep me accountable. What I'm supposed to do. And, uh, and that's how we as the church uh, shine our lights. That's how we grow in our faith. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and close us in prayer this morning. We're going to do our birthdays and anniversaries. So let's pray. Lord, this morning, uh, now I believe that uh, you uh, are moving the minds and the hearts of your people. Uh, Lord, just pray for uh, everything that's going on uh, right now in our world. Uh, Lord, just the, the sin and the darkness. Uh, Lord, in your call for us to be light. Uh, Lord, I, I pray for vacation Bible school this week. Uh, it's, it's easy to get in a routine of who we are and what we're doing, but, but to ultimately know that we, we will have children here this week, that the opportunity to, to shine our lights, that we uh, might draw them uh, to you, Lord, through your word, through your Bible study, through your worship. Uh, Lord, I, prepare, I pray now that you prepare the minds and the hearts of those kids, the, the parents who will uh, be bringing their kids, uh, Lord, tonight. May we earnestly uh, pray for that. Lord, I pray for those in here uh, right now that don't have that relationship with you, Lord, that they would seek myself out someone in the church who has a relationship with you, Lord, they would take that step, Lord, to we would strengthen our walk with you each day to know who you are, to be the life that you've called us to.